Listen in. Thanks for doing just that. Music, music has some sort of magical, maybe mystical thing happening, and I couldn't be more sucked in. I love it. You see, I want to live life better, unless I'm in some sort of funk and all I want to do is wallow. Songs, artists, musicians, lyrics—they help me in all sides of life. They're like lifts in my shoes. I walk a little taller. My shoulders are on my back. Yeah. Bring on life. Bring it completely on. Bring on life. So I'm full of questions, and I listen in. Luckily, or hopefully, I travel with a recorder and open SM58 microphones. You've got questions. I've got more. I'm Frank Jenks. I began listening with a syndicated radio program, interspersing conversation pieces with songs and subject matter. And now I just want to offer this fullness, the greatness, the insight directly from rock stars to you this way. It's pretty rare that I cold call an artist to do anything, but I had to. I had no contact information. You see, I had this CD that Matt Teeson of Reliant K sent me, Farewell Flight. And I gotta tell you, I, I ripped it into my iPhone, and something connected on the inside of me. Well, that was like two years ago, and so I cold called. I, or rather, I cold emailed. And Luke was up for it. And what you'll hear here, hear, hear, I love that. What you'll hear is some realness from both of us soul-searching dudes. I like that too. Soul searching dudes. Ha! This was recorded via video Skype one entire morning, pretty much, on March 27th, 2013, between Nashville, Tennessee, and Grand Rapids, Michigan. I, I guess I'm going to go to a lyric. The f- so I've gone through, quote unquote, all your lyrics, which probably isn't accurate, but I've gone through many, many of them, and I, and I love the lyrics out of uh, Melancholy. That old song, right? Wow. But I, wow, you're going to live I, I just <laughs> I tell myself I have to go on living. I have to keep on breathing even if it kills me. And I just wonder if that's... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that's a mantra per se, but I wonder if that's what has to keep us all going when we're in the muck of life, you know? And <laughs> it's just like there's, a, there's one little flicker of light somewhere inside of you that goes, well... All this crap keeps happening, but I gotta keep on moving. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically what it was when I wrote the song. I think it was in a place where I mean most of my songs up until this point have come out of a place of being you know down or depressed or you know in some kind of a uh, trial and and uh, and that's that's really what that song was. Is just it's pretty much what you see is what you get. Yeah. It's like you gotta just, sometimes it's like even even if it kills you, you know, just like keep on moving forward i don't know yeah but do you keep but is that something that you struggle with i don't know daily is not the word i don't know maybe it is daily i mean is it something that when you wake up in the morning you are you are you on a hopeful sort of guy are you a guy who's always struggling to find hope i mean where are you i don't know it's realm do you know (laughs) it is you know it, it is day to day and that sounds like i don't have it all together like i'm very happy you know i'm a happy guy like i'm yeah living in a city that I love I'm doing the things that I love I'm married to an amazing beautiful girl and but at the same time it's like I have like these just I don't know emotional roller coaster I don't know if I I don't know, maybe I should take some medication or something but like <laughs> I just I have like these uh, just just it's you know go from manic happiness and, and and optimism to just 
you know, extreme pits of just, you know, self-doubt and, and right, frustration sure. and, and lack of motivation. And, um, I don't know. There's a, I, lo- I love movies and, and there's a, this movie that everybody always makes fun of, but that I love is Castaway with Tom Hanks. And just watched it like last week for the first time. Talk really? Okay. Yes. So the end scene, right? He's there and he's uh, yep. he's talking to his friend, and it's after I'm like tearing up thinking about it. Uh, it's it's at the end scene, and it's like after um, spoiler alert. Yep. Uh, when Helen Hunt, if you haven't seen it by now, you you got it just under the wire. If you yep. um, he's talking to Helen, um, he, he loses Helen Hunt. Yep. You know the girl that he's in love with because she married somebody else who was gone for five years. So he's talking to his friend, and his friend's like, you know, they're sitting down in this study, and they're having a couple drinks, and he's like, so what are you going to do? And, like, Tom Hanks is like, um, he's like, you know, I, I don't what else can I do? I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going right. to keep living, and I'm going to keep breathing, and I'm going to keep on going. And, like, basically do what he did when he was on that island. And I honestly don't, I mean, I, that song is so old, I might have lifted that idea from there or maybe yeah. I just found the connection but whenever I hear that line I always think of that movie I might have stolen it from there I honestly don't remember yeah it's a long time ago but yeah so it's that that kind of idea and like that that moment kind of really hits with me it's like some sometimes like actually not sometimes pretty much all the time for everyone everywhere life just does not work out the way that you have planned right. it right and like um, it doesn't mean that it's not going to be great and it's not going to be amazing sometimes it's better than you'd hope for right right but um but at the same time, um, you know, you just when it when it works out, when it's when you're in a moment when it's working out in a way that you that's that you don't like, you know, you just got to kind right. of roll with the punches and keep moving forward. Right. And yeah, and I was thinking while I was watching that movie, I was thinking what I guess I kept going, what would I be doing? Would I go crazy, or would I make a friend like Wilson, you know, or would I make a friend with a tree or something so I could, in essence, keep bouncing and speaking because just to keep the muscles working in my mouth and my brain active, you know? And then, you know, when it sort of cuts to four years later and I'm kind of like, wow, that's, that was a big jump for me to think that he still wanted to survive, you know, for those four years. Yeah, I don't know if he did, though. I mean, like, you, you remember, like, when he first started, like, hunting and he's, like, making food and making fish and he's, like, he's excited just to be alive. It's like he makes that fire. He's like, look what I have made. And, right, like, right. you know, he's, like, eating fish and he's cooking them. And then when it cuts... It actually cuts to him like while he's hunting again, and he spears a fish, and he's become incredibly good at right. it. But he just he just eats it raw. He has no satisfaction in anything. The, the little things that gave him mm. satisfaction before that made him happy. Right. You know, it's just like he just continually. I, maybe I don't know. Maybe I relate to that movie because mm. because I've been doing this band for ten years, and like, <laughs> and it feels like I'm stuck on this island, right. and I can't. Yeah. I can't get off of it. <laughs> I can't get yeah. off of this island, and like, yeah. and it. In, in either way, it's, it's sometimes it does feel it feels almost like a prison because it's like I really want to be successful at this, uh, but I'm still you know I'm still waiting tables. I'm still I mean I bartended last night at my job, and like um, I'm still not able to do this full time, which is really all that I want to do. I mean I do it full time, but I also work full time. Right. So it's like yeah. So I just basically don't have like and so my friends and family wonder why I don't hang out with them, why I don't call them. It's like boy, he just dropped off the face of the earth like a decade ago. And that's the reason why is because yeah. I spend all my time doing. It. And so it's like I'm trapped in this prison. It's like I'm I, I can't seem to like get to the next level of like just making enough money that I can focus on it full time. Right. But I also I can't quit it. Right. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to quit you. You yeah. know. Like. Right. 
It's it's some it's 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 basically like a drug addiction. It's well, you know, I've I've said to a couple of of bands before, and I guess I'm saying it to you in a roundabout way. It's like I almost don't want to give you any hope that, as much as I love what you're doing and I love your songs, I love your work, yeah. and it's like I almost don't want to say that to you. You know what I mean? Because like yeah, because for what it's worth, I know that. I want people to say those sort of things to me. I love what you do. I love your work and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But then later on that night, I go out and there's an event and there's five people at it. You know, it's like, oh, man, how do I keep moving forward? You know, that kind of stuff. So so what you were talking about earlier, you know, it's like, you know, I I ask you if you're a hopeful hopeful sort of guy. It's like, well, sometimes I'm up here and sometimes I'm down here. and, and, And especially in the music business, that can happen in a matter of minutes. Yes, you know. Yes, it's. I mean, at this point, I've been doing it so long. I, I am totally aware of the fact that not only is there, you know, a possibility that my band's not going to make it, right. but it's almost certain that my band is not going to make wow. it. And that's that's what's uh, that's what's incredible and what's hard. And I think that people don't necessarily understand is like when I like write a new song, record a new song, and deliver it to them. It's like I'm doing this under the guise of knowing that I will probably never ever be on a level of like a band like fun or a band like you know a band that not even that big just a band that like I would love to be a not a surf band that like I can go out and play you know three tours a year right and play you know 800 people a night and just like and make a moderate living like if I could make twenty five thirty thousand dollars a year playing music I would I would be over the moon yeah. like I don't know but um it's it <laughs> it really is just a labor of love it's just like to know to know that, and then maybe that sounds too negative, but like when I say that to other people, even when I say that to the guys in my band, you know, they're like, "No, man, we're totally gonna make it." What are you talking about? And it's just like, you know, um, I've gone, you know, I've gone through a lot of, of band member changes and stuff just because you know guys can only do it for so long before you're just like, I can't do it anymore. Right. And so, um, and I've, I guess you get to a point where. Uh, like you kind of come to this acceptance of uh, I'm going to reference a movie again this is probably the whole time we're just going to talk about movies but like um, I don't know I'm hope I'm, there's a <laughs> there's a small part of me that hopes that maybe it's kind of like red at the end of uh, Shawshank Redemption when he says he's like he's like you know what I re- yeah I do regret it I want to go back and talk to that young man and say shake him and say it's like right. what are you doing and talk sense to him he's like but I can't he's like and you're going to make whatever decision you want you're going to put your stamp on it and frankly I don't give a damn or something right. like that yep. and like and then they let him go and they're like okay yeah let's let him go he's, he's re- rehabilitated so I think I don't know maybe part of me like subconsciously is like hoping that by me saying oh I'm accepting the fact that my band's never going to make it it's like that's when you make it just like they say like you know you whenever you stop looking for the one or whatever is when you find the person that you marry right but uh right. I don't I don't know I don't care I just want to write music and yeah. I'll do it until uh, I can't do it anymore <laughs> well maybe that's what moves you and I don't know what uh, I mean I love Shawshank Redemption and I mean I I just repeated those words to my wife last night about it at the end where it's like I hope the ocean is as blue as I thought it would be and that kind of stuff and <laughs> and the last two words are I hope and I just think wow man if 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 something again if I, I I I guess I think mostly for me it's music you know that keeps something inside of me going yeah dude you're not a complete loser <laughs> mm-hmm. you know and and maybe it's because you're saying in one of the songs whether it's sailor's mouth or something like that 
I feel like a complete loser, <laughs> you know? And maybe I just connect, it, that little bitty connection goes, yeah, you know? And yeah, anyway. The beautiful thing about music, right? Yeah. No, that's, I, I take that as a compliment. I really do. I, I really appreciate it. That's, that's what I want to connect with. I want to connect with, um, I want to connect with the losers. I want to connect with people that, you know, feel like, and maybe that's why, I don't know, maybe that's, I feel like the people that connect to our music are people like, because I, if I talk about, you know, drinking or I talk about being a failure, um, you know, people I think really connect to that. And that's, that's, maybe that's the connection that I want to have with people. It's like, you know, being a human isn't always glamorous or exciting or fun. Um, You know, we, we talk about movies and maybe you and I love movies because, um, we like the way that it can, it chops out all the boring stuff of, you know, the, the unexciting things of, you know, right. driving to work or taking a shit or, you know, like just, I don't probably shouldn't, I, <laughs> and stuff, stuff like that, you know, like, like stuff in life that's unexciting or, or just being lonely or being bored and like a movie cuts out all that stuff and just has like the iconic moments with right. a soundtrack behind it. And like, um, and I think maybe that's my goal. It's to say, uh, it's to write music that people can feel is a soundtrack to their lives. That's like make them feel like they are the star of their own movie, you know. Yeah. And like that when when they listen to it and they're driving in their car and they're listening to it, it's like this song is about me. And I like, and my life isn't glamorous. Is it? It isn't. I'm not famous. I'm not rich. But like, but I'm here. I'm alive and I'm breathing. Right. And right. and I matter. And yeah. like, and I don't know. It, Maybe that sounds too whatever, but I don't know what the word whatever means, but it, it sounds cool to me. It, I want to ask you about Sailor's Mouth specifically because yeah. aren't you aren't you searching for connection in that song in in the end? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, honestly, you know, talking about you know who you, who you want to be. I mean, you know, the the hey, it's clear to me. I never saw before what I now see that I'm never going to be never going to be what I wanted me to be. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you move through the song, but I think it's because you're looking to connect with something inside of you, beyond you, or just anything, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, like, because you, cause you feel like that loser we were just talking about. Yeah, it's... it's the, I've read that in a place of feeling like a, just a complete failure and having, you know, relationships where I continually you know, whatever, f- failed at them. And and, um, yeah. and I think a lot of it came, too, from not knowing my dad. Um, there's there's an aimlessness that comes from never meeting your father. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a while to kind of find your compass, uh, which I think I have now. But at the time when I wrote that, you know, just being a bitter, angry young man. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a young man with an old man's heart, in a way. Wow. Um, and it... I think I wrote it from that place of just like um, the verses are just like I'm just freaking frustrated with my life and like being un- unable to find myself, unable to find my direction. And then, but the chorus is just really it's like all I've wanted, all I want from this life is someone to love me unconditionally. Maybe the way that a father does. Maybe the way that a father can love his kid even when his kid's a fuck up or his kid's stupid or you know, like a, a father still the way that God. For, for me personally, with my faith, the way that um, God loves me, no matter how much I mess up or how I continually 
screw things up, that he still loves me without condition, not based upon whether or not I'm performing for him or whether I'm doing well. Right. But I don't know. I think yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I ever learned about unconditional love until I had a child, and then I went, wow, I'm going to love this thing no matter what. And it's still true. I would. But I wonder, because you think that your dad would have loved you unconditionally, and I'm not saying he would or would yeah. have, but I think... I don't think that of my dad or mom, mm. even though I know they loved me the best they could. But there were times when it felt conditional. And I just wonder now if my kids feel like, well, my dad loves me the best he could, but did he love me unconditionally? Well, I think I have, of course. Yeah. But I also had to reprimand them for certain things that they did and say, no, you can't go out that late with somebody because you're not going out that late with somebody yeah. else, right? Yeah. Little things like that. that yeah, you but that go, was love. That was it is love. But yeah. the kid, but yeah. you know, as a kid, you're going like, "Well, screw that, Jag." You know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so how'd you? How? Why? Why no dad? Um, my uh, my dad. My parents got married in college. Um, they met. Well, my mom met my dad when she was in college. My dad didn't go to college. Uh, my uh, my mom met my dad, and uh, they had my sister, and my brother, and. Um, um, my dad was ended up being um, really abusive. You know, he. Um, it's probably okay to show this. Yeah, he, he um he 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 put her in the hospital a couple times, and and um, and he was unfaithful, and he was an alcoholic, um, and he was uh, um, he was a drunk, couldn't keep a job. It basically like just not a great guy, um, and. Uh, you know, he, my, uh, my parents, my mom actually became a, uh, she became a born again Christian, uh, uh, halfway, I think, I think after she had my brother, my older brother, so she had my sister and then my brother, and then, um, basically they got pregnant with me, and, and, um, around, right before, I don't know, around the time that they, they were, decided to get a divorce, he wanted to leave my mom, and, or whatever, and, um, you know, those those kinds of relationships are always messy. You know, she wanted yeah. to get out of it, and but she also, you know, uh, the the she was she was also a new Christian, and so like the Bible's like, well, you could never leave unless there's infidelity or something, and if they want to leave, and which is crazy right. in a way because it's like, I mean, like if somebody's hitting you, you need to be out of that relationship. I, I mean, like right I love the Bible, I love what God talks about and stuff, but I also think like that's that's effing crazy like yeah. you need to like you shouldn't stay in a relationship where somebody's hitting you yeah. so like um so she he, but he said he wanted out so for her I think she felt like that was like at the time it's like well that's okay before God so they they got a divorce um and he just never he never uh I never met him I never saw him um I think he saw me once when I was an infant um wow I think that's what my mom said but uh but you know so I just I grew up um without a dad in my life and it never really bothered me you know I never really felt like I was missing out on anything um I think until I got older until I was like 18 and then I just kind of had like uh I remember the night it was I kind of had like an emotional breakdown and I, and I, I had came to this realization that like as, as far as I remembered and this sounds kind of weird but um I'd never sit and I'd never sit and I've never sat in and in, in a, a father figure's lap as far as I could remember wow. maybe I had with my grandfather's when I was a wow. kid wow I didn't but think like, about and, missing that yeah go ahead yeah. and like realizing as like I'm like at that point I was 18 I'm like I'm 18 years old it's like I'm never gonna sit in anybody's lap mm. like 
and it's like and I think my whole life growing up I'd kind of like hoped or thought my mom would meet somebody new right. and I would get a step like a, a new dad yeah and I did and I didn't realize how much I had really wanted that until I was 18 it was like that moment's passed like that's gone and then realizing it's like that that was never going to be fixed that was never going to be corrected but I was going to go my whole life and I'm never going to have a dad mm. and like that that child like I'm no longer a child I'm a man I'm a grown up so right. to speak as much as an 18 year old can be a grown up but uh you know like I, I'm at this point and like I, I just had like this emotional breakdown I remember just weeping like a baby and like and I think it was just like 18 years or however you know yeah, just uh, how many hit. years of just all that emotion just dumping on you at one point real like of missing out on that and um so so yeah that's that's my that's my dad's story i i try i did try to contact him when i was 18 then after that moment i uh, sent him a letter um and tried to meet up with him and um long story short he just kind of he said he was interested in meeting me and he was like oh that sounds great and then he kind of um uh, he was like well you know i'm uh, I, I, i'll give you a call this week we'll figure out a time to to meet up and then he just never he never answered or he never, he never called me back. Wow. Um, and I tried calling him, and he just he would never pick up the phone. Um, and so then I kind of gave up for a while until I was like 21 or 22, I think probably about the time that I was uh, writing or releasing um, Sailor's Mouth. And I was talking to my friend Brandon about it, and he's like, well, you know, why don't you, uh, why don't you try calling him from my phone and see if he pick up from another phone number? And I was oh, wow. Like, yeah, I give it a whirl. So I did, and he didn't. Uh, he did pick up, um, which probably hurt me worse than if he would have yeah. not have picked up i know brother but yeah and then he was like so he was just like he's like oh i'm sorry i was a little gun shy um and uh anyways it was the same thing as like well i'll call you this week and we'll figure out a time to meet and then it just never happened so um at this point i think i am secretly waiting until my band gets huge and then i'll right. go and meet him and be like look at what a success i am you missed out i'm something important now you silly ass like yeah uh and, and can but, i sit in your lap please just one time yes just one time <laughs> no yeah you know i just uh, i mean it, i just wonder whether your dad's a songwriter or not i just wonder if sailor's mouth is a song he would write about himself i don't know, you know? i don't know i know I know he plays music. He played in the uh, like what I know about him is that he played in the army band, um, and he played trumpet. My mom said he used to play jazz trumpet. He listened to Miles Davis. He would put on no. Miles Davis records and yeah. like sit in the windowsill and play a trumpet. I mean, what woman would not be attracted to a guy that sits in a windowsill, listens to Miles Davis records, and plays his trumpet out the window? Right. That's the sexiest thing I've ever heard of in my life, and I'm a dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, maybe that's what you need to do to make your band huge, right? Yeah, just sit in the window, play my trumpet. We're going to be big overnight. <laughs> well, I just think, you know, I mean, the, there's no doubt in my mind, I, unless there's some whacked out psychopathy stuff going on, but it's like, you know, he's got to feel worthless and he's got to feel like he's a drunk and he's got to feel like he's never, never going to be the man that he wanted to be, you know, and in that kind of stuff, you know. Hmm. I know that when people put their head on the pillow at night, they think those thoughts. You can't convince mm. me otherwise. Maybe not every night, but once in a while you set you go, GD, <laughs> why did I yeah. end up this way? Yeah. But, you know, I guess I always hope that there's a time when you can say, you know what, I'm going to keep on living and keep on breathing, and I'm going to turn this place around, you know, and 
that's all I hope, and not just for your dad, but for me <laughs> when I'm in that funk, yeah. and for you when you're in that funk, and for our wives and and everybody, you know. So yeah, right on. Thanks for letting me uh, prattle on about my dad a little bit. Uh, no, dude, I, I appreciate. I think it was kind of a long story. No, you but, know what's uh, funny is is I just hadn't thought about that. I mean, I've thought about you know. I mean, plenty of people came up through divorced households and stuff, and and maybe not the mess that your mom went through, but mm-hmm. but I never did. But I always. I always thought my dad didn't treat my mom very well, you know, and mm-hmm. and he never abused her physically that I know of, but uh, boy, boy, he would talk her down all the way, and I always mm-hmm. felt terrible about that. And I can still, I still catch myself once in a while with my wife, you know. It's just like I sort of turn into my dad, and it's like, well, I'm kind of a jag if I'm doing that, you know. But yeah. I don't catch myself until later and go, "Geez, man, you, that's that's not one. That's not any way to treat a woman. It's not any way to treat." your wife it's not your way to treat a person you know is yeah. to just make them feel stupid for you know what it is so but yeah i had never thought about you know missing those because i tell you those precious times for me with my kids is when they're just sitting on my lap mm-hmm. honestly and honestly those are the days that i miss that they're older now is yeah. just just putting their head right on my shoulder and just love unconditionally going both ways yeah dude that's so it sounds it sounds great. I can't wait to have kids. Yeah, I can't well, wait. I can definitely wait. Uh, yeah. you, you can't but, uh, wait. You can't wait, right? Yeah. It's one of those things. But I'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. And and maybe it'll make you a better dad because of it. You know what I mean? Because if you if if more stuff was ingrained in you that he was doing, you might not be the husband and therefore the father that yeah. you can and probably will be, right? Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think if anything, it. Um, I think for a long time I had this fear. I think this little part of me has that fear of like. Um, you know, if I get angry about something or like, you know, if my wife does something and I, or, or, or a friend or like the guys in my band and I feel this like, this furious rage right. underneath of me just boiling up and I'm just like, oh my God, I just want to break something right now. I get really <laughs> angry and I'm like, oh my God, like there's this monster inside of me that is my father and he's going to break out one day and I can't stop him. But in all those moments, I just, it's like you just try to calm yourself down and you hold your tongue and it's like i can't maybe maybe i do have some maybe maybe i do have anger um anger issues or whatever uh but but i think that what makes a difference between myself and my father is that um that i don't act on them and it's 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 not like the it's not the thoughts that pop into your head but it's what you do with that thought do you entertain that thought do you do you act on that thought or do you, you know, cast it from yourself and, and choose not to? Just like, you know, um, anything with f- fidelity to anger to um, doing the right thing. It's like it's just a matter of it's it's a matter of choice. So I figure, I guess I guess I figure that that's what separates me from my father is is choice. Yeah. It's what I choose to do. So. And do you think you um, do you think you learned that because of? I mean, you're you're sort of a God guy, right? You must yeah. have gone to church when you were growing up, and you write enough. Yeah. You you refer enough. Toward God stuff in your songs that it must yeah. that in my head I'm kind of going like, okay yeah I mean you got to lean on something right and I guess yeah I guess that's what I always try to think I do I don't always I'm sure mm-hmm. but to think mm-hmm. that every time I get to that place of turning into somebody stupid I go okay God wait wait a minute here get get a hold of me before I yeah before I turn into a public stupid you know yeah um I think I think some of it is stuff that like. The, the 
the the Bible has this line that says, "Train your children up in the way they will go, and they will not depart from it." Which I don't know what that means because if you take it literally, that's just not true. Yeah. I mean, lots of kid people train their kids up in the way they should go, and they depart from it. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. but um, you know, you know, lots of parents, you know, like they you know, those kids end up murdering their their parents. Sure, right, you know yeah, what I mean? Right, like, right, it happens right. all the time. Yep, yep. But I think a lot of it is stuff that, like, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm finding the wisdom of the stuff that I was brought up in. I'm like, wow, there really is wisdom in this. Um, I, you know, I also, like, believed a lot of crazy things when I was growing up that I don't necessarily believe anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I still believe in Jesus. I still believe he's everything that he claimed he was, which is, I know, sounds crazy. Um, but I also, you know... Um, what, what was the original question? I guess was yeah. I, I think I think that had a, a part to do with. I think a lot of it too is just it's just living life, and like and it's just like learning as you go along, learning yeah. trial trial by fire or uh, trial by fire. Yeah. If I, I was gonna say failure. Oh yeah, uh, well, even better, right? But, uh, yeah, more accurately, I like l- learning yeah. learning by failure, and um, and uh, step by and like I think as the older I get, I'm like, man, there really is some wisdom in that stuff. Uh, yeah, in the Bible, um, that's where I've draw my strength where I kind of draw my uh, wisdom but um, I do want to say that we Feral Flag is not a Christian band um, yeah. that's probably the wrong place in the interview to say that but I don't even know what the word means anymore honestly I don't either I don't, I'm I, don't like, even want to, I don't even want to define it anymore I just I'm so yeah. honestly I figure that we're if we're all searching for the same thing whether we're an electrician or a, or a house painter or something I think we're talking about these things with our buddies you know you just happen to write them down and record them and yeah, and, we, and we're talking about them as buddies right now. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't. That's all it is. I mean, I, this is. I swear, this is the same conversation I think I'd be having with the, you know my kid's bus driver. You know, I mean, yeah. If if they want to go down that road, it's like, oh yeah. yeah you, if they wanted to allow themselves to be open enough to um, say, you know what, I don't feel like I'm all I can be. You know, because yeah. most people we we wear we wear the armor around that makes people think we've got it all together, you know, and, and for some reason you don't, and for some reason I don't. I, I, I would say this, through your music you don't, is how I picture it, and, and through my questions I obviously don't, but when I'm walking around in front of people, I act like I got it all together. I'm a pretty good faker, man. I got this... I'm a my pretty good dr- faker. Yeah, my, my drummer gave me this really cool jacket from H&M recently. It's used, but I look pretty cool in it, yeah. so I wear that out around town in Nashville, and I pretend I wear like a V-neck shirt, Yep. You know, you said I'm wearing a V-neck shirt today, so yep. I put those two on. I look like I have it together pretty well. I have a really full head of hair. People like the way I look. That's I'm right. Gonna, if you <laughs> and if you just get a if you just get a trumpet and play in the window, dude. That's we would be there. What am I doing? I am such a fool. You know, my I remember when I was a kid, my um, I jo- I joined the orchestral band at my school. Which is probably not a fast track necessarily to becoming a cool person, <laughs> but my uncle, I was going to play the, tr- you know, I was trying to think of what should I play. First, I picked the clarinet because that's what my sister played, and we had a clarinet around the house. Mm-hmm. Um, that went over really well. Obviously, when you're in school, right. playing the clarinet is the coolest instrument a dude can play. <laughs> um, now it would be really cool, actually. But right, uh, right. but so I'm like, so I dropped that, and then I decided to play the uh, the trumpet. And so, because my, my uncle had a trumpet, so he brought me this trumpet, and like I wanted a shiny gold trumpet with without blemish, like like the Lamb of God, you know. Right. And instead, he brought me this trumpet, this beat up old silver trumpet with a couple of like 
Um, I guess it wasn't rust, but it was like some kind of like yeah. it tarnished here and there and stuff. And now looking back, that trumpet would have been the coolest freaking thing I could have ever played. Like, right. it, but I was like, no, I don't want to play that because it just looks so old and beat up. Yeah. And like, I wish yeah. I could go back and play that trumpet. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's yeah. neither here nor there. If but. we could all go back, right, and and understand, yeah. my mom sewed almost all my clothes, and I could not stand it. I couldn't stand it because everybody else had whatever <laughs> whatever the cool pants and stuff were at the time. And now it's like, I wish you could make me pants. <laughs> you I mean, know? you could you could live in like Williamsburg in Brooklyn, or you could. Li- I mean, you would be so right. hip now if you had all these like hand sewed. Oh, I just hand make all my stuff, man. It's just better right. for the earth. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know. <dude. laughs> ah, hey, I want to keep talking about songs. So, so ne- next song on Out for Blood, the 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 track, the the sequence that I that I have is uh, Begin mm-hmm. Again. Is is that? Okay. I almost thought that was sort of almost high schoolish, right? When you, you feel like you know you're sort of feeling lost and lonely, but really, you're just so feeling so different, mm. and you just want to fit in with the, with the right trumpet, if you will. Yeah, um, you know that song f- for me, and I think it's different for everybody. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sure. um, you know, like what a song means to me, means something different to the, to the listener. Um, for me, that song actually was very much about. Um, not having a dad, and which oh, okay. it was, I know it was beating a dead horse, but uh, no, we're not. Uh, it was, uh, it was a thing where like the guys in my band were like, you know, I would talk about it, and like you're just working through it emotionally, and I have these three guys around me, you know, it's like, hey, this is what you know, I don't know, I would just talk about it, my frustrations with it. They they kind of came into my life at a point when I was really it was coming to a head, and I was really starting to deal with it. Yeah, and um. And, you know, they would just be like, well, you know, they would try to be thoughtful. It's like, you know, man, you, it could be worse. You could have a dad that it's probably better to have no dad at all than to have a dad that's not really good or something. And I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually got to the point where they just kind of, I, I felt like they had gotten tired of hearing me talk about it because they were just like, you know what, man, just get over it. Like, yeah. And it's like, and that's what that line is like. Um you know, after all this time, you say you don't like yourself, and they tell you just get over it. Like, yeah. and that, um, but you're not happy with the hand you were dealt, and are you content in your loneliness? And like, that's that's just what that song is. It's just like, yeah. it's like just really frustrated with yourself and feeling lonely, feeling feeling like you don't fit in. And mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's funny because it's that's always been like our single so to speak like that's the song that people always really like the most that's the song that like if it gets any kind of internet radio play or, or any kind yeah. of actual radio play it's always been Begin Again because it's, it's a very catchy song but for me it was always like a very deep depressing emotional content right. but but it sounds so upbeat it kind of disguises it in there and it's yeah. um, I don't know I think now it's it's hard to play a song hundreds and hundreds of times and still have any kind of emotional connection to it. I sure. think now, like, I know how I felt at the time when I wrote it, but now mm-hmm. it's just, like, it's just a song yeah. we play. <laughs> I love the lines in uh, in Over, in the song Over. Yeah. Your hands are wrapped around your own life, and you're strangling it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and maybe, yeah, maybe that's where yeah. that's where it all is, right? Uh, you know, it's funny is that that chorus, it's like, I see the darkness in your eyes. Um, that whole chorus is saying, you know, the the... the uh, the main character or whatever, which is me, is talking to somebody, and I actually wrote that with 
that I was talking to a mirror. So it's mm. like I'm essentially talking to, to myself. It's like yeah. I see the darkness in your eyes. And, you know, um, your hands are wrapped around your own life, and you're strangling it. Like just yeah. kind of like speaking to oneself, so to speak. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 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 actually surprised. I thought Out for Blood was was the single of singles. That was the first track that made my ears go, whoa. Yeah. Dude is singing about drugs and says he can't get high enough if he did drugs. I just love that line. Yeah. I love that whole sort of <laughs> juxtaposition of what you're saying there in the lyrics and then, yeah, take it from there and and, yeah. and make it my own personal single, right? Yeah, no, yeah. It's, uh, Alfred Blood, now see, Alfred Blood was written, originally we wrote um, Sound Color Motion, which the majority of the songs on Alfred Blood are on Sound Color Motion. Um, and Begin Again was originally on that first record and then we went and recorded an entirely new record um, which had never gotten released um, which now we've released um, just kind of song by song mm-hmm. week by week online um, for free um, but the uh, but two of the songs from that record um, got put on Out for Blood as when we re-released it so we could have some new content um, one was Rope and then the other one was uh, Out for Blood and Out for Blood um was really fun for me when I wrote it the um the ooh la la like that part there is actually from uh I, I kind of like got the idea from um there's a song in the Lion King uh, oh. called Be Prepared that, yeah, that sure. Scar sings with the uh um and there's this one part where he's like they'll be looped I don't remember the words for it but like um uh the hyenas kind of like do like this ooh la la kind of yep. thing and I'm like man I want to put that kind of idea like that that sh- you know big Vegas show feeling thing into like a song and so um, and so that's where I kind of got that whole idea and that feel for it mm-hmm. um, but but yeah like, that's what that song's about it's just like of you know searching and trying to find yourself um, in other things than love I think I think nothing satisfies a human being more than love which is funny because it's love is something you have to give away so it's like right. nothing nothing fills us up or satisfies us more than giving away um, mm-hmm. whereas like um, if I was out you know for, for sex um, and sex can be a great thing it can be a uh, representation of love but it can also can be a very selfish thing it can be right. based upon you know how it makes you feel so if I was out for sex or if I was out for uh, drugs or uh um, if I was out for blood, um, <laughs> which would make me a vampire, but, uh, uh, you know, like those things, they don't, um, they don't satisfy. They, they, they yeah. just on the, on their own, they don't satisfy. I mean, and I can't say that. I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not going to say that, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't do, I don't really do drugs. Um, but, but I will say that like, like I, I know that those things don't satisfy. I see friends that have tried to satisfy their lives with them, um, right. and yeah, I mean that song. That's what that song is basically about. It's just like um, trying to find something to satisfy you. That's I don't know, and then, and then that's the end result is that it's love. Yeah, um, and then you just putting it against a really catchy beat, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe no, I love it. I, I mean, I. At the end of the day, I guess I always want to think that love will save you, will save me, will save the world. And I just love love. You yeah. know, I mean, it's it's so funny. I don't even know what love is. Such a 
it's such a I don't know what is it I don't even I can't even describe it sometimes yet it it'll mend your soul and break your heart you know I mean it's so crazy to steal lines from I think a, an old police song you know so yeah it's but I even think this the song right after it is America will break your heart right now that yeah I'm, that's where I'm at right but same sort of thing you're you're searching for something <laughs> and in this particular case the the credit cards and shiny cars and mortgages and whatnot will not allow you to yeah uh, feel fulfilled as a human being yeah essentially yeah that's the same thing is that like um you know sometimes we try to we try to find our satisfaction in, in our trappings and our comforts and the things that we own um yeah but at the, at the end of the day it's like they make you feel comfortable but they're never gonna fulfill you they're never gonna make you happy yeah. to be alive um though i don't know i've heard the argument people say I work with this dude Josh, and he said to me one time, he's like, "Yeah, money doesn't make you happy, but money can buy a jet ski, and jet skis can make you happy." You ever seen anybody unhappy on a jet ski? And it's like <laughs> that is so true. Like anytime you see somebody with a jet ski, they just have like this like face numbing grin on their face, like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Yeah, right. So, so I guess the point of America will break your heart is like, jet skis won't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But but they'll get they'll get you through about an hour and a half until yeah they end up in a repair go. shop anyway if you don't exactly. yourself end up in a repair shop yeah yeah <laughs> is is the word at the end of the first uh, verse owned or old where it says of, the dollars will keep us from feeling um, old or owned because um, the lyric that I pulled off the internet says owned and as I'm listening to it I wondered if you were saying old so with gracious smiles we pack out. Our summer clothes, the latest styles, the dollars keep us from feeling... Feeling old. 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 Yeah. yeah, okay. Our dollars keep us from feeling old. Yeah. That was kind of just like a reference to like, I don't know. I think I think as being... I've been poor my whole life. I grew up poor. Still relatively poor. Um, though, I mean, when you, now that I'm older and I can view it on a world sense, I guess I'm really not poor. Like, I have enough food to eat. Right. I have a roof over my head. I'm never cold. I'm never hungry. Um certainly never hungry and could probably stand to be a little hungrier same, uh, same. uh but uh I, I think that um but i would you know i was just you know you sometimes bitterly look at rich people and they always look so young and they always look so stylish you know it's like especially even here in nashville when i you know or living in nashville when i was when i see people that you know, like these guys, these producers, and like they're forty five, but they're wearing like a purple hoodie, right? Like purple American Apparel hoodie, and they got like their, I don't know, it's like cool glasses, and they're like sneakers, like their throwback sneakers. It's like you probably wore those sneakers for real. Like it's like right. I, I don't, I don't know, but they look so young, and it's like, and that's that was kind of a reference to that. It's like our dollars keep us from feeling old, kind of thing. But uh, I just remember I had a college professor that bought a Camaro, and I always thought, dude. You're 20 years late on that one. Yeah, it just didn't look right, yeah. right? But, but that's what we do. I mean, I got to tell you, the stores that I walk into, I don't want to walk into a store that my dad would shop at. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess my dollars do try to at least help me <laughs> keep from yeah. feeling old. But who knows? That was the, anyway, I just thought it was a great line. So, thank nice. you, thank you very much. Age ain't nothing but a number, Aliyah. So. <laughs> That's all I can go. You just quote Aaliyah. <laughs> I gotta pull it right out, man. <laughs> I'm living with Aaliyah right now. Oh man, well there you go. <laughs> She's she she gives 
her spirit still lives amongst us. I know she she does. I, I watch uh, Queen of the Damned every weekend just to think of her. Um, <laughs> was she in that movie or something? She was. Yeah, that was. She was filming that when she died. Oh, uh, okay. I didn't know. She didn't finish it. Yeah, you yeah. should. You should know, Frank. Uh, <laughs> you know the thing about age is that I think it is. It is so relative, like because I'm 28. That's a young man, but yeah. I feel so old sometimes because like. It's 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 really hard for me to like. I think I'm reaching the age now where I'm seeing people that are younger than me accomplish things, especially accomplish right. things that I want to accomplish. Right. And it's like, and I've been doing it for so long. I've been doing it since I was younger than they are now. Right. Right. And so it's like, you know, when I see them like accomplish it, I uh, just it makes you it makes you feel like it makes me feel older. It makes me feel like more yeah. of a failure. It kind of compounds upon itself. But yeah, um, yeah, we're in cycle babble land right now. But I think there's, um, I think that exact same thing, dude. I, when I see somebody who has, I'll just say made a bunch of money. I don't consider that mm. successful, but they've made a bunch of money, and I go, why not me? Why, yeah. did, why did I not follow the frickin' corporate path for 30 years, and then I could, quote-unquote, be interviewing Luke from you know, Farewell Flight you know, on the side yeah. instead of trying to make a living at it? And it's like, yeah. why did I... Or you know, even think about Toby, right? I mean, honestly, he's... For me, he's been nothing but a good guy, right? Mm-hmm. But he has made enough great business decisions in his life to be what I perceive as fairly successful financially, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and but you know, but not everybody wants to start their own record company. Man, I don't know, man. I think I don't know. I think you know? I think sometimes I think what's perceived as like brilliant business ideas. Sometimes looking back, it's like not saying that they weren't good good ideas and good. Yeah. But there's a lot of great ideas that fail, and it's. It, I think a lot of it comes down to luck and timing. Yeah, and it's just like you're the right place, at the right time, and you made a good decision. Yeah. But it also really helped that you know this happened and this happened. And everything lined up perfectly for that to happen. I think that's. Yeah. You know, I can't say that we've made all great decisions, but we've made some really great decisions that have just freaking sucked. You know, and like that's just. Yeah, I don't right. know. Sometimes and, and it just doesn't work out the way you hope it would. <laughs> if then what's who knows. Yeah, right. I, I, I still am trying. I'm this age now, and I'm still trying to figure out life. I guess when my dad died, and he was not a happy guy toward the end, or at least not a peaceful guy at the end. And I just thought it was sad to me that I thought every every time I've gotten to like another decade older, I'd look about 20 years ahead and go, "Well, that those people have it all figured out because you know they're 50 years old and they're 60 years old and whatever now." And it's like. But my dad was 80-something, and he didn't have it figured out. So I go, well, maybe we just never have it figured out. And it's, it's a de- it, it depends on am I going to struggle with it and, and have, it, have it beat me up, or am I going to sort of embrace it and go, life, baby, hell yeah. You know? yeah. I, and I think I still struggle with it more than I say, hell yeah, let's go. You know? So maybe yeah. that's, maybe, but again, Frank's Issues, Psycho Babble. <laughs> Yeah, in the song Cruel, um, I lo- I'm just going to read these lyrics because I think both, well, I'm going to read them right now. I think both feelings are exactly the same as one another, especially when one considers that they both have a crippling effect on your brain, your heart, and your body. Mm. It's all the same in the end. And uh, whatever the thought is, I mean, it's kind of what we were talking about earlier, right? Is, you know, the, I guess the yin and the yang of anything and everything. Yeah, that's uh, cruel. It, the, the, when I say both feelings, it's kind of like the feeling of like, um, um, you know, what I'm talking about. It's like when we were kids, we 
climb the tallest trees in town. We yep. never thought about like you know you do really reckless stuff as a kid where physically like you could really hurt yourself for the right. rest of your life. You could you know like you climb something and never think about the fact like wow if I fall down from here I'm gonna I'm either gonna be dead or I'm gonna be crippled for the rest of my life. Right and like um and like and in the same way that you um the way you allow yourself as you get older to fall in love with people and you and you do it on you know without inhibition. Um, or I guess you do it with inhibition. Anyways, yeah, you you, you do it, uh, you know, without any kind of care or worry. And yeah. You just um, you never think about that. That those feelings like are exactly they're they're the same thing. It's like you know you can really cripple yourself for for a long time. You know, like for me, like I, I think I went through a relationship when I was like twenty one or twenty two that emotionally. Um, until I learned learned how to learn from it, it crippled me for for like six years, four mm-hmm. or twenty two. No, no, less than that, like four or five years. It's like yeah. where I, I, you know, I had really, you know, dated with other women, and like I just couldn't move forward. I was still stuck on one person. It's like you don't think about that. Um, I don't know, and that's that's cruel. That's why I named the song "Cruel." I also named it "Cruel" because I talk about kids a lot, and I think kids, people think kids are being sweet and understanding. But I think, right. man. I think kids yeah. are the most cruel people in the world. We're heartless and they're they're thoughtless and, and careless. And I don't right. know that sounds really bad, but like they can be so selfish. <laughs> kids, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kids can be that way, but the, still, the most amazing thing about it is, especially when they're younger, is they can sort of go. They can be that way, and then all of a sudden, their best friends like thirty seconds later. Yeah. You know, because they've forgiven and forgotten, or whatever they do, and just go, oh. Well, you're a jerk in that area, so I guess let's go play on the swings. Yeah, <laughs> you know, maybe that's maybe I don't know. Maybe in a way we should be more like when we're kids, because oh, yeah. like if if we could like let stuff go and just and just like yeah. ah hey whatever I'm over right. it you know what I mean like let's go swing you know only right yeah yeah instead of uh, instead of instead of harboring perseverating on something that which is my wife's word by the way because I can't take uh, but basically it's harboring but even in the song widower right yeah I mean. Where you just sort of like, yeah, you know, I sleeping alone at night, and will I be alone the rest of my life? You just sort of lay there and go, ah, what what is the future got for me? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> that's a that's a heavy song for me. I thought, yeah, no, that's that song that that was that was kind of about that was you know continuing that theme of like you know where I, um, you know, you have trouble getting over a certain person. Um, yep, that's what I thought. Wh- yeah, widower was just a thing where like. You know, after after that person, like I continually just went through, you know, girl after girl after girl, and you just, um, which sounds really creepy and gross and and skeevy, but you know, like I just I would date a girl for several months and then just be over it, and, and like I could never really seem to like, just constantly wanted to, you know, still thought about that one person, mm. um, and like, um, that that line will the. Turning thirty five, will I still be alone? When I broke up with that with that person, she said to me, uh, "She's like, you know, if you, uh, she's like, you know, if you keep doing this and you keep pushing people away and you keep, you don't let somebody in, like you're gonna you're gonna wind up being thirty five years old and you're gonna be sleeping alone at night and you're still gonna be writing these same songs. You're gonna be writing songs about heartbreak and mm-hmm. like, and and." Like that, something about that just 
stuck with me because then like when I you know went through a relationship like I did date a girl that um she was engaged when we met and then um I don't think she broke up with her fiance to date me but I'll just say it did, probably didn't help and right. like and so that was that was that was a you know very real story um and like and it was like and so she broke up with her fiance and we're and we're dating and like I'm realizing I'm like man like I don't you know I don't know if she ended it with this relationship with this guy for me but like she she ended it and now you know we're together and I'm just kind of like kind of like not feeling it anymore like is that fair of me like I don't know like maybe right. I, it was it was just kind of a, a weird thing and so like and I, I was pulling away and like you know and I was worried and then like maybe that maybe that is curse maybe it's true what she what the first girl said was that like you're gonna just keep pulling away from people um and you're gonna be before you know it you're gonna be 35 and you're gonna be living at home with your mom and sleeping by yourself and yeah. uh, but I showed her I'm not living at home now so <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it's, it's it is funny how the truth just can skewer its way in you know and I'm sure that mm. she might have said it maybe a little bit to hurt but maybe just because it was the truth you know and she wanted to yeah in essence help you. <laughs> Help you through what you, who you are. Help you through who you it are. Worked. Wow, that's you know, yeah. it worked. I mean, like for me, writing songs is almost—it's almost a selfish thing. It's a form of therapy yeah. of, of writing songs, like to help myself get over stuff. And it—it it worked for me. I mean, like um, work, you know, working through that. That I mean, I'm I'm not going to be 35 and sleeping. Not that that's necessarily bad. Now looking back, yeah. um, to be single, like single is actually a great mm-hmm. can be a great gift. I mm-hmm. think. I'm very happy. Like I'm, I ended up meeting somebody that I'm very much in love with, and that like is the only person for me. I don't know. I talked about. I wrote something about this the other day, but like there's this Ben Fold song called "The Luckiest," and he says something like, "All of my stumbles and wrong turns and mistakes brought me here." And it was like, I don't know. You you kind of navigate your way through all of these mistakes and all these wrong turns, and you find yourself where you're supposed to be. Yeah, and, yeah I I love it. If that's how life works. That's what I have to embrace the most is when when the junk happens, you kind of it might feel really crappy at the time, but you you have to understand that I really do I really do think that quote unquote everything is for a reason almost instantly, not instantly, but almost you know yeah. and that's what I think has helped me as I get older is to go, you know what, okay, this happened, what am I going to do with it you know and if it and if it helped, and it helped you find this woman that you're married to now, then mm-hmm. oh yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh yeah, it's it's crazy, man. It's it's crazy how life works, um, and you know that, that's what gives me hope about with with you know what I love doing, which is music. Like I figure, I, I don't know why I've done it this long or why you know our band hasn't quote unquote made it. But maybe it was for a reason. Uh, you know, I know it was for a reason. I know I did it, and like maybe maybe it was just to encourage like a handful of people. Maybe there's five or ten people in the in the world that have been genuinely encouraged and uh, and and uh, uplifted, and like yeah. and they've grown from this music. It's like that music, I think there's been songs that have like really. There's been songs for me that have like really helped me through a certain point in my life, and like um, maybe that's what I did. That maybe I did that for ten people. Maybe I did it for five. Maybe I did it for three. Um, is three people enough to to justify me spending ten years of my life doing it? 
Um, I think I've gotten to the point now where, like, yeah, it is. It is. That is enough. Mm. Will I make any money from this? Maybe I won't. Um, and maybe I'll still be frustrated at times that you know I that I didn't if I don't. But uh, but maybe it was all worth it. Yeah, I think I think it was. Well, you know, I, I was I was questioning the idea of what you know how we're supposed to follow our heart, and I wondered, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm I'm jumping to the song phones, but. If we're supposed to follow our heart, what what part of the heart are we supposed to follow, right? Because, I mean, music is inside of you. You said it. You know, you can't even let it go. I mean, I can't let it go, and I'm not even a musician. But 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 your side of the music business means that you're on the road away from somebody for so long, mm-hmm. and yet that that person is a huge part of your heart too. So you know, it's that's got to be the toughest part for you as a person. Yeah. To follow your heart, which pulls you away from a big part of what your heart is connected to. So, wow. I'll just put a question mark there and say ramble, you know? <laughs> man, I I don't know, man. It's Following your heart is like, you know, there's this, I heard this Brandy Carlisle song. I love it. Oh, Brandy yeah, Carlisle. she's awesome. I mean, my, my wife, there's this song, uh, um, uh, the... Uh, all of the lines across my face. What song is that? Um, tell you the story. Who the story? It's called the story. Um, great song. Mm-hmm. Download it if you don't. If you never heard it, but it's it's a beautiful song. And, you know, my wife walked down the aisle of that song. Uh, but it it's I love that song. But there's some songs I've heard from her lately. I've been I haven't been have not been blown away by. And there's one where she says something about. Um, I think it's her. I might be putting something on her that's not even by her but it's like something about like follow your heart and um actually yeah it's not brandy carlisle it's somebody else well forget that anyways uh following your heart your heart above all else is deceitful like that's the thing it's like when you follow your heart you do like well this feels like the right thing like whenever i do things that feel like the right thing that's usually a sign that it's the worst effing decision that I'm going to ever make. I mean, like, if anything, follow your head. Your head is the part, like, there's a, you know what I mean? Like, don't follow your heart, follow your brain. Like, be like, Use your head. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, but at the same time, like, I don't know, it's, you got to find it, you got to find an equal balance. Um, yeah. Um, you know, like, for me, like, yeah, you know, being in a band and, and touring and stuff is something that I love to do. It's something that that fulfills me in a way that you know that 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 a person can't like you can't you can't expect you know I'm married to my wife but I can't expect her she's not my fulfillment she's my partner you know like we work together yeah. and like just like I don't fulfill her like I'm not the end all be all for her and I wouldn't want to be I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be that for her and I wouldn't want her to be that for me so like right. what you really need is um something else to fulfill you which for for us is probably our relationship with God but and part of working that out is like part of who you are is like doing what you love and like she you know i love touring i love being in a band and that does pull me away from her but at the same time um if i didn't do that golly i'd probably be a a grumpy old man you know what i mean i'd be like i'd 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 be 28 and i'd feel 68 and uh yeah right you know i would i would just be uh you know like so you got you got to find that balance, but at the same time you got to make sacrifices for like you know like when I, I love touring and stuff. I love, you know, being out on the road and stuff. But I also have to like make sacrifices for my marriage to be able to hang out with her to build our relationship. Yeah. But yeah, follow your heart, but 
in moderation. How's that yeah. sound? That's my yeah. official stance. Officially, that's yeah. <laughs> we have we have come to surmise that it is yeah. follow your heart in moderation. In moderation, yes. Use your head. Use well, your head. Yeah. I mean, hey, there is a balance between head and heart, right? I mean, we have that's. I, I figure if if God put both of them in, inside of us, there must be a reason. If, and I actually think they're connected more than we even know. I mean, and and as I think there was a. Sting said something maybe in an interview one time about how we, how we perceive what the heart is, but really it's something emotional in our head that's making these dis- emotional decisions, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I think the the a good rule of thumb would be let your let your heart be the engine, but let your brain be the steering wheel. Ah, How's that? Ah, okay. There you so go. Probably probably lyrics somewhere in and around that thought process. Yeah. If you, hey, copyrighted 2013 or whatever year it is for Luke Foley. <laughs> Don't try to steal it. Co-writer. Co-writer. co-writer yeah, co-writer. That's a co-write. <laughs> well, I even think the song Rope, which is the song after it sequentially, right, is that sort of thing, right? Is, 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 the, is the tension between your heart and your head of why you made these choices and yeah. what you see, how you see other people living and how they made their choices. Man. And, and quote unquote, maybe even what is success? You know? Man, I'm really glad you asked about rope. I was really excited to talk about this. I was hoping you would. Um, rope, rope was such a fun song to write, and it was such a, an interesting. Like, I, I feel like it's one of the most honest songs I've ever written. It was mm, a yeah. song that um, I actually wrote when I wrote it. Um, it's unique in the sense that I didn't write it with. A lot of times, I get an idea when I write a song. Uh, my process is like I'll hear like I'll just be working, you know, at my job or something. I'll be filling a soda for somebody at their table um and uh you know waiting tables or whatever and and like i'll get like a little melody in my head or something and i'm like oh man that w- that's a really cool melody and like i'll hear like a lyric or an idea and i'll uh, i used to go and record i'd i'd, I'd actually call my phone and, and leave myself a voice message of this idea and so yeah. like you know i have like 30 40 voicemails to myself um <laughs> now i now i have an iphone so i just use that little uh voice memo app um, yeah, yeah voice memo app yeah but um you know i i, I would uh with with and then, and then you know like i take that idea and i go home and i i work on it whenever i have time i'm like all right let's develop and i sit down with the guitar when i wrote rope um i was working uh with robbie who was our bassist at the time um in a fireworks tent like a roadside fireworks tent um, which where you have to stay there for a, a week or it was, it was 10 days and um but you had to guard the fireworks at night you couldn't leave this fireworks tent so we had to sleep there too wow. Wow. um so we had our our van that we tore in which i had like i had built bunks into so we brought our van there and so we would sleep in the van it was kind of like being on tour because we'd sleep in the van and then we would uh get up you know at eight in the morning and open up the fireworks tent and work 12 hours and right. then at the end of the night we would and that was when we had uh that week i had first gotten a twitter so i was like oh man twitter is amazing and so i would like tweet say like hey we're hanging out tonight at this fireworks tent who wants to come hang out and we had some diff- you know a couple of people we had some people drive out from philadelphia that wanted to hang out and like it was really cool every night we'd kind of have like a little bit of a party but anyways right. so I'm, I'm working at this fireworks tent fuck i'm working at this fireworks tent this is such a crazy week. And, and we're there, and at one point, um, this girl that I used to date, I find out she got engaged. Um, a really great friend of mine, Ethan, had, uh, I think he was already married at the point. He found out he was having a, a baby, I believe. Um, 
or maybe he had just gotten engaged as well. I can't remember. Something. It was like a big life moment like that. Um, you know, like I had um, uh, my friend Brandon came by, a really good friend of mine, and, and um, his older brother Brad was a guy that had uh, originally signed us to Mono vs. Siri the first time. His older brother Brad was yeah. like, worked at MVS. You know Brad Moist. Brad um, Moist, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Great so guy. so Brad comes by, and here I'm working in this effing fireworks tent, and here's the guy that signed us, and then you know we ended up like the label released us or whatever, and it's like, hey man, how are you doing? It's like three years later, and I'm like still wasting my life. I'm working in a freaking fireworks tent on the side of the road. Would you like to buy some snakes and sparklers? Like <laughs> it was so, and like I was just like, holy shit, where did I go wrong? Like I'm working in a fireworks tent and like everybody else in my life is moving on they're having like real life experiences getting married they're having kids they're buying houses they're like moving on their lives they went to college they have an education and I have gone terribly wrong and so I wrote that song actually I didn't have a guitar there which is crazy. I don't know why I thought I'd be somewhere for a week and not want to play you know fiddle around on guitar. So I (laughs) wrote this entire song in my head and um and it was kind of like I wrote the lyrics and like wrote almost I think the entire thing in my head and then like wow. I had this um and so like I finally like halfway through the week um had somebody bring me a uh, a guitar and it was really fun because it was like if you've ever had like a song stuck in your head from the radio it's like oh I want to learn how to play this song I want to learn how to play Freshman by the Verve pipe Verve pipe, pipe yep mm-hmm. okay I was this is the Verve and the Verve pipe but like yeah, right. it's it's like hearing that song and like wanting to learn how to play it by yourself. It was like that, only it was my song. It was kind of an inter- inter- interesting experience to like learn how to play my own song. Right. Um, and so that, that's what that song is about. It's just like the frustration of like everybody in my life is moving on and they're doing things and they're all... Like the novelty of what I'm doing, this music thing, is really starting to wear off. And like I'm, mm. I'm, I'm starting to feel like I have made a terrible dis- mistake. I've made a terrible decision. And I am just like heading down this road, and I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm working in a fucking fireworks tent. Pardon my language. I'm working in a fucking fireworks tent, and everybody else is living life. They're doing real things. They're being grown ups, and it's like, and it's like, Mama, I'm covetous of my friends, but not of their stuff. It's of their lives. It's of yeah. their kids, their ten year plans and career choices. Yeah. Um, and it's like it's like and that that's what it says. Like, I'm so happy for my friends, but um, but at the same time, I'm jealous. Like, what yeah. what am I doing with my life? Um, so that yeah. was kind of like a very selfish thing to write about. But no, yeah. that is that is truth, and that is honesty, man. That is <laughs> that is all of it. So I want to talk about a few of the songs that are on Lonesome Traveler, which is the what, what do you mean? But what do you mean by by the way, lost record? I mean, it, you did it, and it never. Came out. I mean, I know, I know, I don't have it. Yeah. But how do you record a record and it doesn't come out? That must, that must make you pull your hair out. It as if other things don't, right? Man, it's just like <laughs> if I could, I could fill a book with what decisions not to make if you want to be a successful band. <laughs> um, I know how not to. I'm just trying to like take those. I'm like, all right, so this doesn't work. So like, what else is left that does? Um, you know, we recorded Sound Color Motion. Um, and uh, you know we we got done that and we, we ended up leaving the 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 label before it released, which was also Monoverse Stereo. So we signed to okay, 
real quick, brief history of the universe. All right. Uh, Farewell Flight forms. Uh, we record a couple of EPs, and then we uh, we write a bunch of songs. We get signed to a label by our friend Brad Moist called Mono vs. Stereo. We record an album for them. Um, Brad decides to leave the label for some personal reasons, and um, and because he leaves the label, it was his label, um, Goatee, which owns Mono vs. Stereo, uh, decides to kind of like either incorporate bands into Goatee or to let them go. Um, so at that point, we had already recorded the album, but we did not really want to be a Christian band on Goatee. It's just a personal decision. I don't think our yep. music really fits itself very well into the Christian market anyways because I talk about booze, and uh, and I cuss once on the record, I think. Um, so what happens is that we, um, we leave the label and we release the record on our own after a year and we like tour on it like crazy we save up money and recorded a brand new album called Lonesome Traveler um, which incidentally is mainly about me being frustrated it's like it's a record about me playing in a band being frustrated about not making it Mm -hmm. Uh, which is probably looking back I really regret writing an entire album about that that's such a selfish thing to write about because no one's going to relate to that um but mm, so, I, I, well, I'll say <laughs> you can say that, but the reality is, is that we're all frustrated with life, or most people are. Fair I'll enough. say a lot of people are, Fair and enough. we are searching for some sort of aliveness, and that's what I got yeah. from the songs that yeah. I have from uh, SoundCloud on it. So yeah, I guess yeah, I guess it, so, yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Don't, yeah, don't beat yourself up too hard, is what I'm saying, really. Well, thank you. Um, so we record this album, and we're like, shop, you know, quote unquote, shopping it around. That's an industry, in, uh, industry term for like, we're trying to get a record label to sign us and put it out for us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's interested. You know, we showcase for everybody from Island Def Jam in LA to Sony in New York. And like, everybody's like, man, cool, man. Yeah, we'll be in touch. And they aren't. Uh, so we, uh, we end up. We're getting ready to release it by ourselves, and then um, Matt Thiessen from Mulan K um, turns out he's reviving the um, Mono versus Stereo label. Um, and he, when he first did, it was right, it was like three weeks before we recorded Lonesome Traveler, and he's like, "Hey man, I'm starting, you know, I'm I'm restarting um, the the Mono versus Stereo label, and I really love your music, and I want to sign you guys, and I want to re-release Sound Color Motion." And I was like, "Well." You know, we don't really want to re-release a record. We really would rather just um, yeah, keep moving out, forward. Yeah, yeah, keep moving forward. Yeah, and like we had already booked time with this studio. It's three weeks away. I'm not going to cancel on this producer. It's like he's going to have this huge, you know, two week gap. Like you just don't do that to people. So like I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. So we decide we're going to not sign. We're going to record the label. So or record. We're going to record the record. Um, and so he ends up. Um, they signed another band called Deus Vale, and like they hook up these crazy awesome tours. They go on tour with Al City, obviously with Reliant K. They go out with May. They go on Copeland's Farewell Tour. They get all these awesome tours, and we're like, crap, that's what we wanted. That's what we really wanted to do. Right. And in the meantime, nobody's you know nobody's chomping at the bit to do anything with our Lonesome Traveler record. And so I you know hit him up. I'm like, hey, are you still interested in signing us? He's like, yeah, but I'm still feel the same way. I want to re-release your record and we're like well we can release Lonesome Traveler on our own and be independent and stick it to the man and probably stick it to ourselves as well and never really <laughs> go anywhere or we can we can you know we're like are you gonna can you do for us what you did for Deus Vale put us on a lot of great tours and they're like yeah we can totally do that that's we want to do that we want to do more than that for you um, 
direct quote. And so like we were like, all right, cool. Let's let's sign with them. We'll re-release it. And they're like, well, the one thing is we want you to change your band name. So we're like, all right, okay, uh, yeah. We, so we uh, we 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 fought them on it, but they said it was a make or break deal. So we're like, f it. We'll change our band name. We'll do anything to make it. We just want to be. We just want to write our songs and be in a band for a living. So we changed our band name, and we printed new T-shirts, and we did one tour and. At the end of tour, actually in Michigan, in Hamtramck, I had a conversation with with a guy from the label, yeah. and he's like, "Yeah, we're reading online. Like, there's a lot of blogs and stuff, and your fans are really pissed off about the fact that you change your band name. People think it's really dumb." And we're like, "Yeah, you know, we didn't want to do that, but you guys said it was make or break." And they're like, "Well, maybe you should change it back." We're like, "Great! Now we have now I have 150 Indian Summer T-shirts <laughs> that, uh, which was our band name, we changed it to. So we uh, so we changed it back, re-released this album, Out for Blood." And then all the stuff that was promised never happened. Um, we they didn't, you know, they never put us on a single tour. And I'm not mad about that. I'm not like, you know, trying to like complain or, or you yeah. know, the, the guys from Reliant K are cool dudes. Love them. Still have a great relationship with them. Um, just kind of telling things as they yeah. happen. So it never happened. Um, and so um, we recorded a bunch of new, uh, wrote a bunch of new demos. Recorded a, wrote a bunch of new songs. Recorded some demos for those. Um, one of the songs is the one I sent you today, Places Will Go. Which, and they just, you know, the label was just like, no, we're, we're not interested in doing another record. Um, which is crazy, because it's like you didn't do really do a first record with us. So, right. I don't know. I know our fans were really pissed off at us. Like, why would you not release, you know, your new album? Why did you re-release this? We just did what we thought was the best decision at the time. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. So, um, so we had this album, Lonesome Traveler, that we never released. It's now three years old, I think, four years old. Um, and you know, we didn't really. We have all these new songs that we've written. We have fifty percent of us is a new band. Um, we got two new members. Um, we don't really want to release something that's four years old to us. Just right. like you know, if you if if you were to. Look at it this way: If you have, if you as an individual were to go on Facebook and look at pictures of yourself from four years ago, you're probably kind of embarrassed of that. Like, if you're going to put a profile picture, you're not. This is the best way I can think of describe it. If you're going to put a profile picture up of yourself. You're not going to put a picture from four years ago. You're going to put something from like a month ago. That's like that really cool shot where you look right. awesome. Like, it's like, oh, this is the this is a really good shot of me. Like, that's that's how it feels. Like, I feel like I've written better songs, newer songs yeah. that really that I'm not tired of, and right. so. That's our lost album, Lonesome and Traveler. So we've released it for free, is what we did essentially. We wanted to, we wanted people to have it, but I also didn't want it to be like this is our new record because it's not a right. new record. It's you know several years old. Yeah, that's so, the one thing about um, besides the travel, which I don't know if I could ever fully embrace. But the idea that when you create something, I want feedback, quote unquote. Now, uh, what do you guys think? Instead of recording it, perfecting it having a scheduled release six months later and all of a sudden the song when it's brand new to me is already at least nine months old to you and now you're talking about something yeah. that's three years old and again you know i mean yeah we evolve as humans yeah individually and as a group and it's like we're so much better now please yeah i know it's it's so it's frustrating my, yeah <laughs> Yeah, my least, but you know, I know. I think it's part of the mechanism that was. I think the future mechanism is going to be like when you record places will go and you get it to a ninety eighth percentile of doneness. You'll go. Let's put this on the website now, and the song is three days old. Yeah, you know that's what I think is hopefully going to happen. So you can, I mean, I think albums will still be there, or at least some sort of configuration of a 
group of songs or something, yeah. you know. But um, well, that's what I hope, you know, for yeah, you. That's I hope it for me too. Uh, Places will go the one I sent to you. I mean, it's relatively new as far as songs are concerned. We're releasing it on Monday. Um, I wrote that in January with um, the guy we're going to do the record with, a guy named Steve Wilson. Oh, okay. Uh, not to be confused with Stephen Wilson from... Uh, Porcupine Tree? Por- yeah, not not the same guy. Darn it. Um, yep. Yeah, Steve Wilson from... He played a band called Class of 98 oh. um, years ago, but he's... I've written... I'd say the three best songs I've ever written in my life have been with him. Really? Um, and I'm, oh, new, I'm new to co-writing. I've always just written everything by myself, um, but I love writing with this guy. Anyway, so I wrote that new song. We wrote that in January... We wrote it and recorded it in one day. Um, just wow. me and him. We I went in and we wrote it in like an hour, and then we recorded the entire thing. It's like twelve hours, start to finish. Wow. Um, I like I like that speed a lot better because I'm still excited about the song. I'm still like, hey, this is a great song. This is the newest and best thing I've written. Like, mm-hmm. check it out. Like, I don't know. I'm excited about that. Well, when I first uh, when I first uh, just saw the title, I went, oh, that's a Dr. Seuss book. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's 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 like Mumford. And, it's it, the feel of it is if uh, Mumford and Sons covered a Doctor Seuss book. How's that? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. That works. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, what what are you what are you trying to say through the lyrics in it? I mean, is it is it that we have we have a journey that we're on and that we're gonna? Um, yeah. It's it's kind of like a. Um, I wanted to write a song that was emotional. Um, but positive at the same time. It's very easy to write an emotional song that's depressing. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, but to write uh, an emotional song that is positive and encouraging and, and uh, motivating, that's what I wanted to write. I wanted mm. to write a song that, like, um, it kind of the way you feel when you're at the beginning of something new or a journey. Um, nice. You know, like, kind of, it's kind of like I want to, maybe, I don't know, maybe I wanted to re- I think I wanted to maybe re-motivate myself to to keep doing what I'm doing. It's like the places that will go. It's like I'm just at the start. I'm like I'm ten years in, but I'm, maybe I'm just at the start. Sure. Um, I think I think there's still a part of me that feels that like um, the, the quote unquote success is just around the corner, um, and thinking about the places that 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 will go. Like I, I'm not done yet. There's still things that I have to say. There's still things that we people that we have to encourage and to impact and um yeah it's kind of it's kind of that feel um i love the but just one light can chase away the dark i i always love that sort of metaphor and the and the idea of it and hopefully the truth of it and then you know and then you follow it up with so fold the map and follow your heart i mean here we are back to following our heart but, (laughs) but but there's but there is something about just sort of putting the just, just forgetting about all the directives in life, and yeah. and just moving, you know. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. And to be open to it—that's what I guess it is. It's just being open to it, and and being able to embrace what you don't know is out there. Yeah, that's just the the point is to not be. I think, I think when people, you know, like the whole follow your heart thing, it's like yeah, like I said, use use your heart as an engine, but let your brain be the steering wheel. Um, yeah. Like follow your heart, and, and I think I think it's important because I think so many people don't. I think so many people just do what's easy or what's comfortable, and they're too afraid to try something that's different or that their parents might not approve of, or that right. um, you know they're they're afraid to take a risk. And like um, I'd say, don't don't be don't be afraid to take a risk. Um, 
I don't know. I can say, yeah, that's that's. Don't be afraid to take a risk, no matter what it is. Yeah, but if it's just any anything at all. Like, take risks. Yeah. But but the truth is, the the following line is: some hope and fears are hard to tell apart, and that. I guess that's the crux of of Frank, right? Is is when I do have all the information, how do I decipher the good versus the bad? And that's really putting them 180 degrees apart. But, you know, yeah, that's... How do you do it? I mean, do you have to get silent? Do you have to go to your God corner in your house and go, Oh, Lord, <laughs> please give me the sign. Is this a hope or is it a fear? Man, I, <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> right. I'll tell you the. W- I'll be back. I'll be back in five minutes, honey. Yeah. I've just got to figure yeah. out if this was a hope or a fear. Um, the way I usually tell a hope from a fear is whether or not I'm successful at whatever I'm trying. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's. It, I don't know. I think that's just. I think that's just kind of like a uh, that line for me was like to so fold the map and follow your heart. Some hopes and fears are hard to tell apart. Like. Um, that's that's that is the risk, you know. That is the risk of like some hopes and fears. Like it, the thing that you hope for and some of the things that you fear are sometimes the same thing. Um, yeah. And and I guess that's that's what makes the risk. Like that's what that's what is the risk is like when it's like you know, you're following your heart, you're diving in, you're taking a risk, and it's like, there's a good chance that you're not going to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish, or that you're going to, um, it's not going to work out the way you want it to, or that, you know, you, the, you're going to break up, but, you know, I think most, I think nine times out of ten, it's always better to try and fail at something than to not try at all and wish you had. Well, and, and, and I think maybe that's what gives it real value, you know, I mean, that's when it really, you go, wow, I, I put everything into this, and I didn't know what was going to happen, and and it happened. Yeah. And that. I mean, like, I just I know from experience the uh, the regret for not attempting certain things. I can tell you, I can say that this is just a small example. When I was, uh, I think, like four years old or five years old, I remember I was uh, in a in Pennsylvania. We have these grocery stores. It's kind of like a Kroger. It's called Wise Markets. And I was in Wise Markets, and uh, my uncle Dick was a uh, um, electrician, and where I'm, he was actually working in this Wise Markets, like installing some kind of new something in the ceiling for them. And I'm walking around with my mom, and all of a sudden, this bearded guy who you know how you like when you're a kid, your uncle, you kind of know who he is, but you're not sure. He kind of like scares you a little bit, and you're like, he's fun <laughs> and crazy, and like, like it. I rem- I'm reminded of this now because when I just saw my nephews a couple a uh, couple months ago, they're like, you know, what's your name again? And I'm like, I'm your uncle. I'm Uncle Luke. They're like, oh yeah, that's right. Like they barely knew who I am, but they love me. And so like, that's how I was, I saw my uncle walking towards me. I'm like, man, that guy kind of looks like my uncle. And then this guy picks me up and spins me around. I'm like, Oh my gosh. I you know, I was freaked out. So anyways, what happened was that he, um, he had like this lift. Uh, it was like an electronic lift that like lifts him up into the ceiling. And my whole life I've been terrified of heights. Like I love heights, but I'm scared of them. Um, mm-hmm. And like they, all these, there's like eight of these electricians, and they're all working on the crew, and they're like, "Oh man, you want to go up on the lift? They want to like take me up." And I never, I was too afraid. I was like, "No, no, I can't, I can't." They're like, "No, it's fun, it's fun." And they tried to convince me for like five minutes, and I kept saying no, and so they didn't make me do it. And I could say that I would put that in my top five regrets of my life. 
that I did not yeah. go up on this stupid lift. And it's like something that small, like the the regret for not trying is greater than the regret for trying and failing, you know? Like right. yeah. if I would have fallen off it and broken my arm, that would have been a great story. And I would have gone up on the lift, you know what I mean? I'd be like, man, one time when I was a kid, I broke my arm, blah, blah, blah. And like, but... It's, you know, I can't go back. I can't, I don't know. So I was the same thing. I remember sixth, seventh grade, whole class went to roller rink. I would, the only guy who didn't get on skates. What? Yeah, dude. I mean, I don't know if I was afraid of being uncool. I don't know if I was, I, I just never roller skated before and I didn't think I could. So I was just. But, but little things like that. I am, I am literally right now. I'm, I'm living that emotion, right? Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. I just didn't roller skate that day, and I've roller skated a couple times since, and I'm not, I'm no good at it. But I don't know why. I don't know why that fear stopped me. And I still think that that central thing that somewhere inside of me goes, don't do it, Frank, because you don't want to fall or whatever. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be scared or whatever. I don't know. I mean. I just I'm trying to think where fear and hope work together because it is it is if we go back to um, uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption mm-hmm. and you have to know that that red character at the end was scared out of his mind after being imprisoned for whatever how many thirty forty years to get on a bus break his parole and go find the ocean yeah I have but goosebumps <laughs> the, the hope of some yeah right the hope of something greater finally squashed the fear and maybe that's what happens is is the stronger of the two if you allow it the goodness will happen you know they're inter- they're yeah. intertwined i think hope and fear are yeah, they're, right. they're 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 kind of one in the same like um the whole idea of yeah. just hope in and of itself is like hope is saying it's not a sure thing it's like you're hoping for it you hope that it happens right. it's like but that means a good chance there's a failure and i think in a way it's like um you know what yeah. I talked about before, like you know, saying like that as as a band, there's a no, there's not only like a possibility, there's an almost certain there's almost certainly that my band's not going to make it, that I'm going to quote unquote fail at this, that that eventually I'm going to be like, all right, I can't do this anymore, I'm going to quit. But like the, um, I think right now, like being in the moment of of hoping that we make it, but knowing that we will probably not, is the most in a way, it can be the most thrilling experience of your life. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's like being, it's that thrill you get at being at the top of a ledge, you know, that, that fear of heights. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm still just compensating for um, that four-year-old yeah. me that wouldn't go up on the lift. Maybe I'm trying to <laughs> trying to catch up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that I'm still attracted to people who say, yeah, you know, percentages are the band isn't going to happen. But if somebody is there to go, but I don't, I don't, I don't give a flying f, yeah. right? I'm we're gonna go for it, and we're gonna go full tilt. And I swear to you, I'm living in this world right now that is meatloaf driven. The singer Meatloaf, right? <laughs> I saw some documentary on making a record, and he finally decided after you know, shopping the record to X amount of labels. This is in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, finally, he said to everybody in his little group, whatever that means, I don't know if it's five people or 15 yeah. people, he said, I'm a freight train right now, and I'm going to go, and I'm not stopping. Nothing's going to stop me. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to keep up with me or you're not. And somewhere down the road, 
I'm like going, geez, I want to be like meatloaf. I just want to go screw it. I'm going, I'm a freight train. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm not thinking anymore. I'm just going. And I, and to me, again, right now I'm following the, the book of meatloaf chapter, yeah. <laughs> chapter three. Verse four. I'm Frank. <laughs> yeah, Frank. Uh, listen, I mean, me and talked about the meatloaf thing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, but but there is something about it. It's like you know, because the other part of me would be, well, you know, let's not get quite on the track yet, you know, because we're probably not going to make it over the bridge, and you know, the you know, whatever, all the stuff that you know, all the stuff, Man, all the stuff. Yeah, sometimes with you know? life, I mean, like for me personally and and again part of my language sometimes you just gotta say fuck it you know what i mean yeah just yep go for it it's life yep. you know there's Dude. there's the whole phrase the the yolo thing it's like you only live once it's like you yep. know what at least i'm gonna at least i'm gonna give it a shot at least i gave it a try and yep. uh yep dude yeah i i'm i'm here to say thanks thanks for giving it a try because i'm telling you you your music has definitely made definitely gotten me through Stuff and I don't even know what that stuff even means, right? It's just it's allowed me to connect with something inside of me that goes, oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna move. So thanks for thanks for taking time to rewrite it and record it and all that, that kind of stuff. Man, so, that I can't tell you how much I appreciate you saying that. Um, so thank you. Yeah, man. Um, I'm glad it I'm glad it matters to to somebody. Yeah. Man. Yep. Hey. Uh, so thanks for this time. I just as a as a goodbye, thank you so much for this time and I hope we I hope we connect more down the road whether it's whether it's through new songs or it's just having a beer. Yeah, let's let's do that. Yeah. Let's get together and just have a drink sometime. I can't wait to um next time in I'm in town in Grand Rapids, I definitely want to come and hang out. Yeah, man. Um, cool. But uh thank you for taking the time. It was a pleasure. Yeah. It was sure, truly a pleasure to chat with love you it, today. Love it. Really enjoyed it. Man, I well, I have a, a huge appreciation for how much time. Like, I've never had. Honestly, I can say without a doubt, this is the best interview I've ever had. Like, no, I really. This has been this has been great. Like, it's it's been really enjoyable. It's nice to talk to somebody that knows it's it that knows like what our music is and is familiar with it and is kind of like a fan, so to speak. Like, that's so flattering and it's nice to have that conversation. I'm just so used to really boring interviews. And this was not one of those. It just felt like I was having a conversation with somebody. So. So yeah, isn't Luke just about as upfront as he can be? That's who I want to hang out with. People who aren't afraid to admit they're afraid. I'm not sure if that's twisted logic there, but it's what I want on the table. A big slab of vulnerability. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for reals. I know you're searching. Don't, don't stop. Keep on scouring lyrics and songs and movies and books and anywhere you can find inspiration. Because, and I know I'm still wrestling with this, 
You are worthy of love and a great life. Give and get. Listen in and share the goodness. I sign off sincerely, comma, Frank Jenks. Questioner, interviewer, searcher, hoper. <laughs>